Hi everyone, this is Sharon, and welcome to the third episode of the Virtual Homies Podcast. This special series is to celebrate AAPI and Mental Health Awareness Month. I am speaking with a few of my AAPI friends I've met online during this pandemic about navigating their mental health, online friendships, and what they've been up to. So let's welcome Melody. Melody is an iOS developer. She's also a creator with her own musical talents, you know, to currently exploring her own side projects right now. She is also my first online turn in real life friend. And so I'm so excited for her to be here today. Welcome, Melody. And before we start, why don't you give a short introduction about yourself? Hi, Sharon. Thanks for inviting me to this podcast. Um, I'm Melody. I'm, uh, like Sharon said, I'm an engineer, musician, and aspiring podcast host. That's my other side project that I'm exploring. Um, but yeah, overall, I see myself as like a, mot- a multi-potentialite, someone who enjoys both the technical and creative sides of life. Wait, can you say that word again? You're a multi... Mult- <laughs> multi-potentialite. Multi-potential light. And you you talked about this before. Remind me, this is someone who has many talents, correct? Not as much talents, but more like interests. Like, because you don't necessarily have to be talented in every single thing <laughs> that you do. Um, but definitely like someone who's, you know, genuinely super curious and interested about like several different things and like... um like doesn't necessarily aspire to like having that one career or that one passion in life. Ooh, maybe you could share with the listeners about some of those interests you have. Yeah, so um so with engineering, I'm really into the startup life right now. <laughs> like I work in a startup and, you know, just iOS development in general and like how to build new apps and uh stuff like that. In music, Musical theater is my big thing, like a huge reason why I live in New York and just watching musicals and playing uh, piano and music directing shows. And uh, and yeah, right now I'm also into podcasting. So listening to a bunch of podcasts every morning and trying to start one myself. So. So, yeah. And then I think there's there's a bunch more interests I've got, like, you know, come and go. But yeah, those are my main ones right now. Yes, Melody and I talk about podcasting a lot recently. She recommends phenomenal podcast series that just make me think. And also, she's also trying to get me into the rom-com edition of podcast. <laughs> yes, audio dramas, they're the best. Yes. <laughs> but before we go more into that, maybe we could tell the viewers about how we met and so maybe I could give a short history so Melody and I both have a mutual interest is it interest or like for the same content creator slash youtuber Mayuko who is also an iOS developer and so I think I joined her discord in December and Melody you joined it in January right yeah Yes. So Melody and I are, were both lurkers. And at the time, I was working at the startup and we were looking for a mobile developer where I posted it in the job 
channel. And Melody was the only one who reached out to me. Wait, I was the only one? I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, I never told you? No, we had like 10. Okay, no, we didn't have any. It was kind of sad. So that's why I was like trying to hook you in and giving you all of those <laughs> articles of how awesome we are. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, no, yeah, I remember that New York Times article that uh, the CEO wrote. Yeah, that was really awesome. Um, yeah, I for me in January, I was also starting my job hunt because I really wanted to start working at a startup. And Sharon had posted like the terms mental health startup, and that like immediately caught my interest. And I was just like, okay, I and like I had just joined the community too, so I was like, is this a sign? Like <laughs> right when I started my job on and joined the community, I see this post. So I just thought I'd reached out. But it was literally just about a job post. Like it wasn't about, I didn't intend to like make a friend out of it, you know? I know. That's what you and I both talk about. If I remember correctly as well, I was the one who initiated the first, hey, what are you up to? Or that transition from, oh, you're applying. Here's the link to, hey, let's, why don't we have a Google Meet? And so, yeah, and I, I don't know, I was kind of nervous just because you were also probably the first one I was asking to do a Google Meet because the, what was it, the, the apps that you made, I thought were pretty cool. And you and I both had interest in mental health. So I was like, all right, I'm on it. I need, I need to get this girl on a Zoom invite or something and see what happens. Yeah. I think you were, yeah, I think it started just from, like, talking about the job stuff to, like, oh, we both live in New York? And then, yeah, and then eventually talked about more mutual interests, like, music and stuff. So then I felt super comfortable to, like, okay, YOLO, let's do a Google Meet with each other <laughs> as strangers. <laughs> yeah, and we ended up finding out that we were, what, 15, 20 minutes by subway away from each other? Brooklyn. <laughs> hey, if that's not fate, I don't know what is. Yeah. Right? And so and Melody and I ended up working at the startup together for a brief time. And then Melody got a great opportunity to join a startup. And so she's doing that. And then I'm also still pursuing mental health. Yet, I think the thing that I really appreciate is we still do our weekly check-ins. Mm-hmm. And for people who don't know what weekly check-ins are is pretty much we just set a, we set a time together and we just talk about what we're doing in our life. I don't think it's anything that serious, right? Not really. It's just, yeah, it's like just ranting about our, our like job hunt struggles or at least that's how it started off with. But then also like, you know, talking about like fun stuff that we're like up to as well. Yeah, I think we'd probably talk about work stuff 50% and then the other 50% would probably be just our life, you know, dating, living in New York, our past, <laughs> eating, and our love for bubble tea. Oh, yes. That was how we first met in real life, too. Yes, we went to Tiger Sugar. I remember now. But the real reason that I brought Melody on here is because since it's AAPI month, 
we wanted to just talk about just our identity, you know, and part of it is we're both Asian Americans. And so I wanted to, you know, talk about Melody's journey of just who she is as a person and what she's gone through. And so maybe Melody, I know, you, you know, you're not originally from New York. You're from California. So maybe you could just kind of start there, what it was like growing up in Cali. Yeah, I was, I'm from San Jose, California, in the Bay Area. And uh, I don't know, I guess it was a pretty suburban life and, you know, school and whatnot. And I was in the Asian neighborhood, so (laughs) surrounded a lot by Asians, like Filipinos, Vietnamese, Chinese, etc. And... I didn't really think too much about my Asian identity back then just because I was just so used to being surrounded by Asians. And yeah, my neighborhood, like (laughs) white people were like a minority (laughs) in like all the schools that I went to as a child. So it's definitely an interesting dynamic compared to like, you know, what I've learned now that the real world (laughs) is not like that necessarily. Um, And yeah, I... For the longest time, I thought I was a shy kid, or I guess I grew up as a shy kid, thinking that like, um, that I was just quiet and I never spoke up, and I had such a hard time like making new friends and whatnot. Um, and I think it was also perpetuated like as the oldest daughter of my family, like of with immigrant parents, um. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> I just had all these expectations as a kid to like uh, learn, take piano lessons, um, do really well, memorize all these songs, and then like keep getting straight A's. Like I was that very <laughs> stereotypical, like smart Asian kid that like <laughs> grew up with those expectations. Um, So I think that really shaped who I was back then, like. Like, the good side was that it gave me, like, you know, a drive to, like, strive for the best. But then the downside was that, like, as a kid, I didn't really explore any other interests. Like, like right now, right, I'm, like, super into, like, all these different things. But back then, I had just, like, been focused more on, like, school and, like, okay, playing online games and, like, like and playing piano. And, like, that was really it. If that makes sense. But like I was mainly doing it just because I thought I had to. As opposed to like, oh, I wanted to like get good grades and play piano. <laughs> like stuff like that. Does that make sense? No, it does. Wait, before we go on, maybe you could share what ethnicity you are. Oh, yeah, that's important. <laughs> yeah, I'm Filipino-American or Pinay. So Melody is Filipino and... I would say there's not many Filipinos in where I live. And when I was first hearing your story, when you were, we were talking about it, it's completely different from how I lived. Like, you know, I was the minority. I had no Asian friends. H Mart was, what, 40 minutes away from me. And if I met Asian people, they would be like, where do you live? Is that even, does that even exist? And then also, since I'm the youngest... I didn't have as much pressure that I felt like maybe you did. And 
I mean, I think you briefly mentioned what your relationship is like with your younger sister. However, I think with me, because my brother is older, you know, we have a lot different interests just because maybe maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe just because he was more outgoing. I think the only the main thing that you and I have in common was, you know, I mean, I think I told you my nickname in high school was Shy Sharon. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, when you said, you know, you were shy and we were talking about shyness, I'm just like, oh, the feels. Just because being shy is hard, especially in a school when, like, people... I don't know. People have these expectations for you. And then when you're shy, that's that kind of sticks with you. Like, oh, she's not going to say anything. Yeah. And then, like, people notice that about you. And, like, they just keep telling you, like, oh, yeah, she's just shy. Like, you know, like, I think that really, like, reinforced. Like, I kept being reinforced with that notion that I'm, like, shy. I'm the quiet kid. And then I internalized it. That That's the term I'm looking for. And yeah, that just made me not take that many risks in school. Um, I remember in drama class in high school, um, this was this was when my love for theater was just starting to form, like taking drama classes in theater, um, in high school, and uh, I I remember there was this one day where like I was doing some monologue, and um, you know. Like, even though I'm, like, taking drama class, I think it was a way for me to, like, also get out of my comfort zone so I could stop being the shy kid, finally. But then I still felt that way as, like, you know, doing... Even though I'm in front of these people, like, I still felt so insecure and so shy that, like, oh, I don't belong here and whatnot. And then I remember my drama teacher this one day. She was like, you know, Bellity, your mouth doesn't really move. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like, and then... It- yeah like no it was just like a a comment like well basically saying that like (laughs) like yeah she was giving me feedback that like I could really open my mouth more so then I can like project more and talk like yeah project more talk louder um and that just like really like surprised me because yeah I just didn't realize like that's how little I talked back then like and yeah and now (laughs) and then it became me gave it made me a little more self-conscious about it and like but it also like forced me to like really think about that I'm like oh I guess I should try like you know raising my voice more and like as opposed to having that sp- like that very soft spoken voice that like um that especially Asian women are like often associated with uh, of course that took more time but well, it took a lot of time to like really get like open myself up more but I mean now I think I (laughs) I'm pretty sure I move my mouth a lot more now wait I mean that just initial comment was it supposed to be just more feedback or did did she mean it in another way I don't know it's just it's so straightforward and if I heard that yeah I think I probably would have internalized it. I'm just like, wait, what does she mean? Should I quit theater? I don't know. Yeah, I I think she meant it as like straightforward feedback. But but yeah, it definitely <laughs> like 
I think I internalized it, but I became more aware of it. So then, like, I could try to, like, remember, like, you know, not keep doing that for, like, monologues and whatnot. Um, or, like, even just life in general. Uh, yeah, I think I started thinking a lot more about it, like, talking to friends, talking to classmates that, like, <laughs> I was just, I'm pretty sure I, like, like, I had kept, like, trying to, like, be more self-conscious about it so that I could, like, actually, like, speak up more. Because, yeah, I was definitely a very, like, shy and quiet kid back then. So my question to you, though, is if you could, if you think back to your high school identity, do you consider yourself, is that how you would see yourself as, like, oh, yeah, I was a shy kid? Or would you describe yourself differently? Looking back? Yeah. Because it sounds like the shyness was what people, you know, were perceiving you as. So would you say that was how you also thought yourself was or were? Yeah, I think I had really internalized it. That I was like a very shy nerd back then. Uh, you know, taking all those AP classes and like trying to do, yeah, all those like volunteer clubs to like get into college. Um, like a really, you know, like a good UC or like private college and like, and yeah, I feel like it was also, I think the culture of the Bay Area schools, like trying to go, you know, trying to get really good grades to get into college, like that also reinforced that like, oh, I need to like still be smart and like stay, <laughs> stay a nerd, stay as a nerd. I don't know. <laughs> so like, you know, like satisfy these parental and societal expectations yeah i mean what were your parental expectations besides being the oldest child was there anything like your parents were expecting you academically uh socially etc oh yeah my my mom would tell me to dream big so basically like you know aim for that like really nice job and like uh, make sure you earn a lot of money and like stay on the successful track and then and then my dad like um like of course he also wanted those same things but he also reinforced the music side of me like oh stick with music like you already took so many piano lessons and you're like really good at it you got to keep doing it and and yeah it was just like that double pressure of like both the academic slash career expectations and like those music hobby expectations um, that like made me stick with the track of like, oh, I should find a career, like a successful career and like keep up with piano and like stay, try to like be the best, I guess. Wow. That, that sounds like a, a very typical or stereotypical Asian household and maybe I don't feel like there's as much maybe Filipino voices out there especially when it comes to culture wise would you say there was anything that it came to like a Filipino household that maybe most people don't know about wait sorry I really want to think about this <laughs> um, like something like in a Filipino household that's like different from like other Asian stereotypical expectations that kind of thing yeah 
Um, I think for the most part, it is similar. I guess if you compare my parents to like the very stereotypical like Asian parent stereotype where they're like completely strict about like the extracurriculars and like your um like you know like being very like strict and like about studying like all the time then I guess my parents are more chill than that but I think as the eldest kid and because they had like you know praised me for being like getting all A's and like like memorizing all this piano music like I had a hard time like you know like to stop or like to yeah to stop myself from like trying to be sorry let me or basically I had to internalize those um praises and expectations to like continue being perfect I think that was really where a lot of my perfectionism like became rooted in like just like starting off as a smart kid and as like the the eldest daughter eldest child like I I just wanted to keep that up like oh my god and then just like keep studying on my own even though they weren't explicitly telling me to like oh keep doing it it was just it just felt like it was like a unsaid expectation no no that makes sense just especially when you live in an asian community most likely parents talk and they're gonna be like hey these are what my kids are doing and just seeing other people succeed i feel like there is that subtle pressure of wanting to help your parents show like yeah this is what my kid's doing right now yeah and the fact that they keep actually yeah especially since they keep sharing that to other parents to other like relatives and i just felt like oh i can't keep i can't let them down because they need to keep because i know they're going to keep sharing stuff like (laughs) so oh man especially in the filipino household yeah that's a very (laughs) <laughs> like it's like chismosa is like the Filipino term for like gossip <laughs> so, so. <laughs> I'm sure other Asian like households do this too but like but yeah that was <laughs> I just after hearing all these like compliments like they keep giving about me to other like relatives and I'm like oh then I can't like screw that up I would say it's definitely the same with Koreans when I see my parents talk with their other friends the majority the majority of the time, I just hear about what are their, those my parents' friends' kids are doing. And it's not simply like, oh, you know, they're just chilling. It's like they're, they got a promotion or they got into the school and, they, and it's on this newspaper. Like it's in a way I feel like it's showing off that family pride. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm curious as you were going into deciding where you wanted to go to college, was that a factor of like, I need to go somewhere good or somewhere prestigious or top tier? Oh, definitely. I was only aiming for UCs at the time. And I, cause you know, more prestigious, like California universities. And then, but I didn't want to do private schools because, uh, cause of money. So, um, so I thought like a public school made sense to me, and even though UC Berkeley is like still 
oh, no surprise. That's where I went. But <laughs> UC Berkeley is still, like, you know, a little more expensive. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mainly applied to UCs. All right. So if we're going to talk about UC schools, especially UC Berkeley, my first assumption there is, uh, what is it, Asian-dominated and tech-focused. Is that is that true? Mm-hmm. Okay, it is true. Oh my god, yes. Okay, I don't know if it's particularly UC Berkeley that that's the focus. Uh, so, like, if you compare it to like UCLA, would you say it's the same vibe, or it's like a little different, or U- USC? Um, I mean, I'm sure UCLA also has like you know good CS programs, but I think for UC Berkeley, what also amplified the tech focus is the fact that it's in the Bay Area in the Silicon Valley. So you're just surrounded by all these people who like want to work in the, you know, fang companies or like or like somewhere like in the Silicon Valley startups. Um yeah, so you know in high school I felt like like the goal was to like oh keep working towards um like you know, a really great college and like a prestigious college, and then now in in so uh UC Berkeley as a computer science student, it became now like oh work at like a top tech company. So that that was like in the beginning that was like my main focus. And so yeah, I was still in that cycle of like trying to find I don't know the most prestigious or like successful <laughs> sounding thing I could do. No, I mean, that makes sense, especially when it came to maybe what other people were doing and that idea of perfectionism. And so if we go back to identity, now that you're going to the school, do you, if you think back, would you know, like, what type of person you would want to be going into college? Or were you just like, I'm going to just do whatever I want and just figure it out? Like, what was your mentality at the time? Going into college? I was still a big nerd. <laughs> like I had literally applied to like a computer science like um a computer science program for incoming female freshmen. You know, which was like a pretty cool thing that like they're trying to do to like get more diversity into um tech. But still the fact I'm like thinking back, I'm like, wow, the fact that I applied for that program and like tried really hard even before I got to college, like just showed how big of a nerd I was. <laughs> Wait, did you want to do CS though? I think that was, I was curious, like, was that what your first, because I went there undecided and I was just like, I don't know, but it sounds like maybe you already had what you wanted to be as your like goal in a way. <laughs> Surprisingly. Um, I think I chose, yeah, I chose CS, but I think for different reasons than why I like it now. So <laughs> I chose CS because, um, I knew I was really good at math and like, you know, like more STEM focus. So then, um, so then I was looking at like different engineering majors, and then I thought computer science seemed like the coolest because at the time that was also when I got my first smartphone, like senior year of high school. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, computer science. Yeah, I discovered that computer science is starting to become popular. Uh, there's not that many women in computer science, and like. I could potentially make, like, or build something on these, like, new smartphones that are, like, becoming popular. Like, sure, let me just try it out and see. Back to the question of just the identity part. Because I'm very curious 
because it sounds to me like high school, the shyness or just being timid maybe was that image that you had. And so college, what would you say was your image? Like the image I gave myself? Yeah. Like what would, what did you want to, how did you present yourself when you were meeting all these new people and you're starting this new phase of your life? Yeah, I think college was definitely the place where I started to realize I'm more extroverted than I thought. Like, there was something about, um, like, you know, just moving out of the house. Like, like now I don't have to tell my parents every single place that I'm going. I also didn't have a car in high school. So, you know, I like, (laughs) I didn't have that typical teenage freedom that comes with having a car. Um... So, so yeah, I think, yeah, I was starting to become more extroverted. Um, I was really lucky because from, I made my first, like, friend in college also online first. <laughs> like, it was through, yeah, so it was through um, a Facebook uh, roommate, like, those face those Facebook groups where they have the roommate questionnaire. So you just fill out a questionnaire and then like if someone's interested in like being your roommate, then like you reach out to them. So then I don't even know how I chose right. But I remember seeing this this person's like questionnaire and like and I'm just like, huh, I guess this is, you know, she sounds cool. And like I remember the first thing she like wrote was that like, oh, I need someone to kill bugs for me. And then that was and yeah, that was one thing I did in mind. It was like <laughs> killing or like getting rid of bugs. <laughs> Wait, were you the bug killer in freshman year? Is that what people called you? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, when there were yeah, when there were random flies that came in. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Um so yeah, I was like I was nervous about reaching out to this person, but yeah, I was just but then after like talking to another high school friend, I was like, should I do this? And they were like, yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then, yeah, this is my first time like reaching out to a stranger ever, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. And then, and now she's still remains one of my best friends. Like I've lived with her through all four years of college, like as roommates. And yeah, we still talk like, you know, every so often. So Eping, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> But yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot what <laughs> what did we start talking about? Oh, my identity. Okay, so because I had made that first friend and like we just ended up pitting it off um, when we eventually met in person, like at orientation, I think it really, it it like gave me that seed of confidence to like start meeting more people throughout college. And like, and of course, living in the dorms, it's like, oh, you you have to meet like new people. But um. I think I was starting to feel more and more comfortable with, like, meeting all these new people just because, like, you know, everyone was in the same boat of, like, being freshmen and, like, you know, like, navigating this new lifestyle and, like, and then I realized I was so amazed by all these different people I was meeting, like, you know, from California or from, like, out of state or, like, a very different, like, background and, which is just something that you don't really like see in high school at least not the high school that I went to or like the 
the childhood that I grew up with. Like, I just didn't have a chance to meet different people. And I think that really, like, got me more curious about, like, meeting a lot of new people. Just, like, learning a lot more about them and really finding out what their story is. Okay, so when you define different people, would you say it's more perspective-wise or would you say it's also, like, demographic as well? I think both, like, yeah, different personalities and, like, and, like, different, um, like, demographics. Um, trying to think of a good example. <laughs> like, I just, I just remember, like, meeting these people, like, in my dorm and, like, I just, and I remember, like, in the back of my head, I'm like, wow, if this was high school, I don't think I would have been friends with you. <laughs> like, they just seemed like what I thought of as, like, the popular kid, like, you know, very charismatic and extroverted and, like, wanting to hang out with all, or, like, wanting to meet and, like, you know, throw parties with all these people. And then, and then me, I'm just like, whoa, this life is weird. I'm like, I never would have gone to, <laughs> to, like, or, like, I never would have hung out with you if we went to the same high school. <laughs> I think about that a lot sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you were telling me just about what kind of trips you go on with your friends, I'm thinking, damn, she's got some adventurous friends. I was trying to think of, a, of another word, but I mean, you guys went to Europe together. Uh, did you go anywhere else with, with like different friends? Yeah, with um, during senior year, I went to Korea and Japan for the first time with uh, with some friends from my internship. That was actually my first, like, um, trip abroad with friends, like, as opposed to family. So that was really exciting. But also, I felt like such a noob because these friends have traveled more than me. So <laughs> I remember, like, carrying my freaking huge luggage that was, like, um, that you had to check in to, like, you know, to prepare myself for the, the winter time. <laughs> like, wearing all, like, different, these, like, these different sweaters and whatnot. But then all of them had, like, you know, the small, like, carry-on bag and, like, just seems so prepared for traveling. And then I was such a noob because, yeah, I also hadn't traveled much during my childhood. Like, but, yeah, not too much, like, internationally, mostly, like, road trips, but, yeah. Yeah. I'm also curious, did you join any Filipino clubs while you were there? I did, yeah. I had was part of the Filipino um Filipino STEM club called PSI, the Filipino Association of Science, Architects, and Engineers. So yeah, that was the main club I was in. And then I was also involved in Filipino Cultural Night, which was like um for like three years. What was that like? <laughs> um Oh, I should have prepared more. <laughs> like, was there a more popular club compared to another one? Oh, yeah. I guess that in UC Berkeley, we had, like, eight different Filipino clubs. Like, since mine was, the one I was in was more STEM-focused, there was another one that was, like, more Filipino, you know, history and, like, Filipino cultural identity-focused. Another that was, like, more health-focused, etc., but then you'd, like, know people around in the Filipino community. And it was interesting because sometimes I felt like... There were times when I felt like I belonged in the community. And then there was times where 
I just like did it <laughs> because like you know it was te- ge- it was like generally the more I guess because I had other parts of me right like I had my more technical side and then I had the more eventually I found my more like musical theater side of me throughout college too so then I think because I had grown comfortable with my Filipino identity eventually like towards senior year of college like I realized that like I'm like like I wanted to explore more of my like musical side more for example so then like I became a lot more involved with like the music things in me and then and then once I had felt like I'd made also because I felt like I hadn't made enough Filipino friends and like had gotten involved enough with the community like being by being like external vice president of that uh, Filipino STEM club and then like I was also band director during Filipino culture night so then so yeah I had like been pretty involved for like two or three years in the Filipino community and then afterwards I wanted to explore like other parts of my identity hence the theater side and like so yeah so we established your childhood established your college life okay and so now you have graduated it's been a couple of years you work in tech and because you've been in tech for a while now do you think that is prominent in your identity it used to be I thought it was (laughs) but then I realized it's because I you know it's just internalizing again like all those expectations so so yeah after college I did end up working at like one of those big tech companies um and uh, but I knew that based on my internship experience that like I didn't want that to be my only thing like I didn't want the the typical like nine to five at like this you know fancy tech company to like be the, my main source of happiness because because yeah I had like started exploring these different interests that I had in college that I didn't realize I had in as a, like growing up during childhood so so yeah also the fact that I, also moving to New York pl- like played a huge part in that too like now that like <laughs> after growing up and like living in the bay for so long but then like being uh able to like move to new york afterwards like it was just another place for me to like really explore my identity more like um learn more about like what i enjoy doing besides tech um explore my musical interests more and like also yeah like just grow more comfortable with myself and like being more independent and on my own because yeah as a kid i never thought i'd be like I didn't realize how important independence was to me. And like, and New York was like, never, you know, that wasn't even on my radar. <laughs> like in high school, like, like the idea of living in New York just would not have made sense to 16 year old me. All right. We're going to have to, I'm going to have to ask because it was pretty close to when COVID happened that you moved. Do you or do you not regret your decision to come to New York? Not at all. I still had like a year and a half of living in New York. Yeah, before COVID. So, and I did an internship in New York too. So, 
I, I like, and from that experience, I knew that like I had made the right move of like, just like outside of working in tech, like I was able to explore all these different, um, you know, all the explore the city and like hang out with friends with um like going going out to a rest so so many different restaurants and bars and like being able to go see all these live theater shows and like now I like knew that like oh yeah musical theater is like a huge passion of mine's which I like discovered during college and and yeah I like I remember when I first moved to New York and like it was also when I started my new job, like, out of college. And, like, <laughs> I remember thinking, like, that was the most extroverted I had ever been in my life. Just, like, meeting all these new people. And then, like, also since I was, like, meeting all these new grads, too. Like, also being able to, like, you know, go out with them and, like, get to know each other. Like, yeah, it was just very different from, like, the first day of school in high school. Oh, my God, I hated that. <laughs> hated like having to deal with my new classmates i'm like i just want to hang out with the very few friends that i had made. <laughs> i mean i'm still in denial when you told me that people said that their first impression of you was shy and then you told me that you were shy i was thinking that's a lie because you were you first joined the discord and we met within the first month that you did it you were willing to meet a complete stranger aka me um we also did a startup together that you just went for i feel like you're a pretty big risk taker and outgoing that way and then also you having fun with your friends you love going out uh and just trying new things and so when you're when you're like oh yeah i was like that i was like that's a lie i don't believe you (laughs) yeah i think it was college is really where i felt a lot more safe to like try new things and like yeah try new things take more risks um yeah actually <laughs> um sorry I keep jumping back and forth between college and now but <laughs> in college <laughs> in college like I remember in college like when I first like starting college like I was not comfortable with, like partying <laughs> or anything like my freshman year and like when I would go to parties like I just felt like I was very like surprised that like whoa it's kind of like the movies <laughs> and like but then I was like very hesitant to like you know start drinking or anything and then it wasn't until like a couple parties later then I finally started <laughs> like feeling more a little more comfortable with the people that I had met and like Drinking alcohol and stuff. <laughs> okay. If, if we're going to talk about that, I went, I hated the idea of drinking before I was 21. Just because I, I was so ingrained into me of just drinking is a sin if you're not legal. And so my, my roommates would go out and they're like, you want to come? And I'm like, no. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to obey these laws. And I was so strict on myself. <laughs> and so when you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, wow, that was me. And then when I finally, um, okay, I have to admit, my first time drinking was in Korea, but I was 20 and it's legal to drink 
in Korea when you're 20. And I think it's just earlier in most parts of the world compared to the U.S. And I was more open-minded, especially as college just opened my eyes and then living New York. I was like, wow, this is fun. <laughs> just the fun of just like having, I'm not, I realize like house parties aren't my thing. But when you have a couple of friends and you're playing a board game together or you're just chilling and, and you have a couple of beers, I'm just like, this is the life. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I like house parties a lot more than like other frat parties or whatnot. Like, yeah, when, when you know that core group of people, then, yeah, you just feel so much more comfortable around them. But, yeah, no, I... Like, definitely, like, during freshman year, I totally felt that. That same guilt of, like, oh, my God, drinking before 21? What? <laughs> That's sad. We're going to go to hell. I'm just yeah. No, yeah. I literally <laughs> thought of it was both the Catholic guilt and, like, the, I'm telling you, that eldest daughter, like, obedient daughter, like, expectations. No, no, no. Oh, trust me. Uh, I wasn't allowed to go like karaoke when I was in high school because that's where my parents assumed everyone was smoking and drinking. So they're like, you can never go to that bad place. And so I didn't go to a karaoke or go karaoke until I was in college and I was away from my parents. And I, and I went there and I'm just like, wait, it's a lie. This is, it's all fabricated. There's nothing wrong going here. We're just singing, dancing to, singing to Big Bang. <laughs> and so, yeah, I feel like just how the surroundings you have and just your upbringing really affects how you think until you go, yeah, until you go off on your own, you're just like, wait, mind blown. It's not as scary or as, bad as people would assume it is yeah yeah and then you realize eventually that like like yes it was like initially those because of that expectations from or like those societal like unspoken societal rules or like the or parental expectations like like yes that's what influences you but then in the end it's really your judgment call and like your like, you're the one who is, like, adding that pressure on yourself, whether for better or for worse. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And speaking of just, you know, who you're hanging out with now, you and I have both, I would say, have been actively networking. I don't want anyone to use the word networking because we're not trying to go anywhere or, like, or just up our professional title. It's just more of, hey, let's meet more like-minded people. And so since you... I would say you have crafted your identity and you know who you are. What kind of people are you looking for nowadays when it comes to just socializing? Yeah. Um, people like you. <laughs> and, um, thank, you, thank you. Yeah. But like, I think I realized I really enjoy talking to people about, or like people who have like multiple interests. Like, like I mentioned earlier, like I am a person of multiple interests and that like, I don't like letting one interest dominate my life. Like being like specializing in something. Like I yeah, that's just not me. And so lately I've been like socializing with uh more people who like, you know, have like these 
like freelancers or like other creatives and um like i've been on lunch club like and lately and most recently i met someone who like is also is like a conductor and is currently like also trying to uh, learn programming as well and like get a job there too and like once and then we had this like really cool conversation about like like you know the overlap between uh music and tech so that was really cool like yeah i've just been uh i know it's like kind of vague but i've been very interested in talking to people about like like really like what are their passion projects what are what are they most curious about uh developing these one-on-one relationships and and yeah that's really why i'm starting my podcast because like i'm just so fascinated by people and like i just want to learn more (laughs) about like why 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 are you doing this like artistic endeavor or this like really hard thing but you're still like going for it wait this is the moment to promote what what this podcast is everyone's getting these bits or pieces but they're like wait what is going on so i mean this is what you've been up to lately so maybe you could share a little bit more about what this podcast is supposed to look like or even the title yeah so my podcast is called dare to create it's about um talking to different creators of different um, fields about something that they're working on for the first time whether it's like their like first book or their first musical and like sharing that process and creative journey of um making this piece of art and then sharing it to the world so so yeah i just want to like you know talk to all these different people about like what's motivating them to like create this um piece and then like how did they get to this point like what is their um journey like and i'm very excited i'm actually interviewing my first guest next week so i'm really excited oh my gosh it's happening yes <laughs> so yeah i'm still in the early phases but i'm hoping to release it uh this summer no 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 i think you and i we were both in that dilemma of like we have all these great ideas quote unquote great <laughs> but we we have all these ideas and it was it's more about the execution because we talk about it we talk about it and then it it keeps beginning pushed to the back burner so knowing that you're now finally going to do it and take that step. It's like, okay, this is real. It's happening. It really is. Like, the fact that I set up this, like, <laughs> this microphone setup is, like, it's still, like, mind-blowing me. I'm like, whoa, I'm, like, committing to this. <laughs> you you are, and the fact that we're doing it at the same time, I think that's also rewarding as well because we can talk about the process together. We can talk about like, what do we even use for <laughs> like, podca- like podcast recording? What's What should be the artwork? And I feel like all of those trivial things are very important in a way that I'm, I feel glad that you're also doing this because then you and I are able to talk about like, oh, this is what you should consider. And like, we both feel comfortable because we're, we're, completely new to this Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, especially because it, it takes so much courage to, like, start something new and then want to share it to, like, you know, to people and others. And then, and like I said, I was, like, a very shy kid, like, growing up. So, like, I even, like, recitals, I hated recitals. Like, the fact that I'm, like, I have to perform in front of other people. <laughs> um, But, yeah, it's definitely... But then once you find, figure out, like, what you really enjoy and then, like, then it becomes a little more easier to, like, being willing to, like, share that with others, which I think is really beautiful. I completely agree. And that was just so well said. Melanie, you know, everyone has heard a lot about your life and you may be more curious just about what you're up to or who you are as a person is there any way uh, for people to reach out to you? Yeah. So my Instagram is at mymelodyvaldez. And that's really the main social media platform I use. Do not worry, everyone. I will link it <laughs> to this page. So if you're wondering how to spell it, it's okay. <laughs> I will have it provided. And yeah. And so Melody... Thank you again for joining our conversation. I, I learned a lot more about your life, especially most people don't realize it's only been five months since we've known each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like that's an important detail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm saying it now after at the end of the podcast. <laughs> However, you know, I think all because, you know, we do our weekly check-ins and we still do it now. It was, it was just nice and refreshing just to kind of learn more about your background and who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for everyone who's listening. And I'll see everyone in the next episode. Bye. Bye.